Leafs Converts, TLC OGs, hockey fans, what is up? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. My name is Norman James. I'm on location at my office away from my home office, the Bostwick Y in London, Ontario, Canada, joined as always by my podcast partner in crime, the one and only Michael Piagello. And Michael, apparently there was a hockey game on Long Island last night that involved the Maple Leafs. Apparently so, uh, but I still don't believe it because I didn't see it. Well, if it involved the Maple Leafs, then somebody didn't tell them. Uh, good morning, Norman. Um, good morning. I, I have to say, um, you know, the the one thing that I took from that game, you know, I mean, if you ignore all the palaver, all the hype, all the, you know, uh, traitor talk and uh, uh, plastic snakes thrown on the ice and jerseys thrown and booing and calling Tavares an a-hole and all that stuff. I mean, that was expected. I think that the... It, the uh, the enthusiasm or the vitriol of the uh, Islanders fans was misplaced because it wasn't John Tavares responsible for that. It was the uh-huh. responsibility of of the uh, the general manager Garth Snow and the organization being a train wreck for nine years while he was there. But my, the thing that I took that overtook everything was the fact that John Tavares's teammates did not show up. Yeah, it was garbage. And, 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 that's, and that really has to be something that sends a signal to Lee fans. You know, granted, it's, it's a one-off, but in the two games that they played against the Islanders, which you'd think that his teammates would want to get up and play for, play for him, they've been outscored 10-1 to 1 and outplayed in almost every facet of the game in those yeah. two games. So it's it's it. I think it was an embarrassing effort by the Leafs last night, and Mike Babcock I think did his best to sort of hold his tongue and 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 not say anything. But through the Leaf organization, they have to really be concerned because not only did their defense play badly, but they did not yeah. get up, get up for a big game. This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty, Vanguard Eddie. .ca. Michael, did the Maple Leafs have a personality? Not only did we not see them play last night against the Islanders, the personality just wasn't there. Like, ramp it up, boys. Get excited. Get pumped up. Throw in. Like, this isn't a cerebral game like baseball where you can't go up to, to bat or on the, go onto the mound huffing and puffing with, with an extra gear because it's, a lot of times it'll come back to bite you. But in hockey, you can skate a little harder. You can, can skate a little faster. You can put a little bit more tenacity into um, your overall performance. I don't know why it wasn't there last night. Where the hell will these expectations from us on them be once these guys get into a playoff series with Boston? Because I'll tell you what, if you come out and just play like you uh, are just an average hockey player with nothing on the line, you're going to get your ass kicked. To answer your first question, do they have a personality? Well, we saw it fully on display against Montreal only less than a week ago because you saw Casper Kapanen playing the violin. You saw John Tavares mouthing back at, at Brendan Gallagher. It was a response. And you saw, you know, Nylander uh, uh, laughing back. I mean, there, yeah, was, there wow. was there was some back and forth. I, I didn't see any of that last night. In fact, I think that, again, this team got intimidated. You saw Jake Muzzin getting targeted um he gets run at from the blue line from andrew ladd he gets hit by i think it was clutterbuck another time um and that really affected him because you know he played arguably his worst game as a leaf gave up the puck on the sezikis uh shorthanded goal um i i think you know that was that was an effect i think that uh you know the islanders were physical you had leo Komarov and matt martin and that sezikis clutterbuck line and you know that they, they had size they were they were emotional yeah. they were hyped up they 
you know, they were playing a physical game and that is the prototype of a heavy team that Babcock always talks about. And where did you see the heaviness um, from the Leafs? Muzzin tried to step up somebody at the blue line. It ended up in a three on one break the other way. The only physical response I saw was a couple, you know, oh, by the way, hits by Freddie Gauthier because he's a big guy and just, you know, he, he, you know, he takes up room. So he had made some contact and Justin Hall hitting back Cal Clutterbuck after Clutterbuck hit him. Other than that, yeah, they were completely and utterly non-responsive. And when they go up against Boston in the first yeah. round of the playoffs, if they play like that, they will lose. I'm sure there are a lot of Leaf fans out there who don't care. They, they don't think much of it. And a lot of their personalities are as dry as this team's personality. I was disappointed. I didn't see the Leafs evolve um, to succeed in the environment that they were in last night. You can't come in there like a bunch of dudes with your eyes glazed over and indifferent to things that are going on and be successful in a place that is like a madhouse, a place that you can feel the energy, you can feel the intensity. The players play off the fans, the fans play off the players. You, you better make adjustments when you go into that place. I don't give a damn what your stats say. I don't care what your data says. None of it's going to get you anywhere when you go into one of these hostile environments and you have a team that is firing on all cylinders to destroy you. I looked at that game last night and I thought to myself, we're going to see this against Boston and the Leafs are going to get completely pulverized. I'm afraid for them. I'm worried for them. Sure, they've got all the talent in the world, but step up, roll your sleeves up and go to war. That's going to be the requirement to win a Stanley Cup. You saw what the defense is going to look like if they don't get Jake Gardner and and Travis Dermott back. Now, it came out after we did our uh, pregame convo that uh, Dermott is going to be out at least four weeks. And they say at least, which means it could be longer, and there's only six weeks left in the season. So you're hoping they get him back with at least a week or two left so he can sort of get back into the swing of things. But – you saw Martin Marinson be Martin Marinson. This is terrible. The, I don't want to the, see him anymore. I, I can't right, stand the, him. but the but the but the problem is you don't really have any. I mean, they can put in Igor Ozaganov, who played okay against Edmonton. He hadn't played in a month. I think Justin Hall didn't play terribly for a guy who hasn't played since before Christmas. Yeah. But Callie Rosen is out with a foot injury. It's not long term, but he's going to be out for a little bit. Borgman's not available. They're not going to bring up Sandine or Liljegren. So they're stuck with seven defensemen right, right, right now and rotating in a guy who hasn't played, who's played three games all year, and a guy who every time he steps on the ice, he is, I think the other bench is clapping and celebrating because mm-hmm. he's a complete disaster. And he and he did that last night. Matthew Barzil walked around Marinson. Sparks had to make the save. And then the next, and then after the faceoff, he was completely clueless on the, uh, on the Philpola goal. He cannot play for this team in a playoff scenario. He will cost them games. Well, look, a lot of Leaf fan base is disgusted by what they saw from the fans on Long Island. They're disgusted by the Islanders and their tenacity, but they applaud Martin Marinson because they think analytically he has some upside. If that's what we're applauding, if that's what we're supporting and we're in fear of, the kind of hockey and the kind of environment that we're going to have to create if we're going to want to take that next step, we're, we're doomed, man. And I know that we're, we're acting like the world's falling apart after this one game, but it typifies what the Maple Leafs lack. They just they have no pushback, Mike. Let's go back to 2002, because I love going back to 2002. Remember that series, Islanders at least? Mm-hmm. I, I, young, young fans, I know you don't really care about anything in the past, but maybe look it up. 
this was an absolute knock and bound drag them out war. The Islanders were kind of the way they are today. A chip on their shoulder with the Maple Leafs, especially after Darcy Tucker took out M- Michael Pekka's knee. And, oh, I know, folks, that's knuckle-dragger stuff. But you know what? That got the Leafs the, the series win, and that's what means more than your feelings. Right. But here's, here's, the, here's the thing, though. The Leafs had the pushback against these little bastards from the Long Island area, you know, that kind of inferiority complex ramped up to another level, and they almost took the Maple Leafs down. That's what we're seeing right now. The Leafs had pushback. They had the stars. They had the pushback. The Leafs have the stars now. They have no pushback. I see that game against the Islanders, and I see how that game, the Leafs game right there, is going to rear its ugly head against a Boston Bruins team. And, Mike, it's going to be another first-round exit. I mean, you can make the excuse that the league is different from 2002 to now, but to to use your example, it was guys like Tucker. I think Travis Green was on that team. Uh, Shane Corson stepping in for Sundin, who was injured. McGilney had a great series. And Gary Roberts was an absolute terror. There is nobody on this roster that that even comes close to Darcy Tucker or Gary Roberts in terms of intestinal fortitude. And now I'm not and I'm not attacking guys like guys like Matthews and Marner. They're skilled players. I, I get that. But the job that, that needed to be done, we talked about it all year on the combo. I've talked about it for a couple of years. The two areas that this team needed to bolster between the beginning of the year and the deadline was some some pushback, which they didn't add, mm-hmm. and depth on defense. Now everybody thought they could get a top four defenseman. I, I thought it was a long shot, but you're telling me right now that a Roman Polak wouldn't look pretty good on the the bottom pairing instead of Martin Marinson. And that's, that, that's the thing. And now, you know, he's uh, Dubas. I, I think I have a lot of respect for Kyle yeah, Dubas. Yeah. I think he's a good young general manager. I think, you know, he's lo- probably going to learn a lesson from this because yep. you have to plan when you're making a Stanley cup run, which purportedly this team is, you have to have at least eight defensemen on your roster who are capable of playing in the league. And I don't think Martin Marinson's capable and Justin Hall, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. I want to see how he plays over the last few weeks, but they are painfully thin on yeah. the blue line and they have no pushback and they're probably going to play a team that that pushes them around in the first round of the playoffs. If Kyle Dubas goes all in on information provided by his data buddies, he's going down in flames. If he starts using his instincts and using all of the tools available to him and all of his understanding of what it takes to win an F and Stanley Cup, then we might be okay, Mike. Gotta go. Thanks, Norman. The Leafs Combo is brought to you by Vanguard Northeast Realty. With over 15 years' experience, Vanguard provides superior level of service for commercial real estate tenants and owners. For more information, visit vanguardne.ca.